Hello, this is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. Welcome to Executive Presence Morsels Interview Week. It's one of my favorite topics. I love interviewing people, um, especially on the C-Suite podcast, which I host for Alpha New Jersey, like Executive Presence Morsels. It's on Anchor FM. You can also find it uh, on Apple. And we just have some amazing, amazing guests, CEOs, board members, entrepreneurs, chief diversity officers, just amazing, amazing guests. Anyone who uh, we would consider more at the executive level and who is a strong supporter, ally of diversity. So if you haven't checked it out, I highly encourage you to check it out. The uh, content of these guests and the insights that they give as experienced professionals, I just count myself as so lucky that I can speak to them directly and hear this. And I'm very pleased that we get to broadcast this out um, on behalf of Alpha New Jersey and share it with folks like you. So please check it out um, if you're interested. So today we're going to talk about um, something that I am so happy to have realized and discovered, Uh, not something I invented, but it was just kind of like an aha moment where I was like, wait a second, this could really make a difference. And I call this set the tone. Um, And what I mean by that is you have a lot of power and influence as an interviewer to set the tone of how the interview will go. Right. And I'm talking about like a normal range of interviewees, like someone who's there because they want to be interviewed. Right. I'm not talking about interviewing like Robert De Niro or someone who's like famously can't stand interviews and just does it because he has to. And, you know, will not really um, want to respond to any of your questions in a way that will create a nice interview for you or your audience. Um, talking about uh, just a regular interview uh, situation. Um, And typically, what is the first thing that is sort of that you do as an interviewer as you introduce your interviewee? You read their bio, right? And a little while ago, I discovered the bio matters a lot, right? Um, Because you typically get a stock bio uh, and you can add to it, you can subtract to it, you can highlight different portions. And what I notice is people really respond. It's weird. It's like it's their own bio. So they're not like surprised. There's nothing surprising in there. Like, oh, you know, I went to UVA in Georgetown Law. Like, I'm not going to be surprised. Right. But the things that you include in there and focus on and, and the way you read them and respond to them actually shape the tone. So that's one way you can set the tone in how you craft and deliver the bio. And what I do is I, I take a pretty strong editorial kind of pen to the bio because if I'm interviewing someone for a particular show and it's supposed to have a certain sort of result, I'm not there to be their press person, right? I don't just read the bio verbatim. I pick out the things that'll be more interesting to my audience. I pick out the things that I want to highlight so it'll be more on their mind um, as we deliver the interview. I take a pretty strong editorial pen to it while, of course, still respecting uh, the content of the bio. So that's something you might want to consider doing yourself um, when you're an interviewer. A second thing uh, that really can matter is uh, words matter in how you describe them, 
right? So you could say, today we have a wonderful guest, right? That one word, wonderful, is actually more important than you think it is because they hear themselves being described that way and that is going to create a reaction in them. And you can substitute that word wonderful for other words that sort of guide um, sort of their impression of how you're viewing them in terms of this interaction in the interview. You could say you have a very powerful guest, you have a very impactful guest, you have a very innovative guest, right? So let's say you're doing an interview and, and, and you really want to talk about um, innovation. So you would say, you could say something like, we have such an innovative guest who's had groundbreaking ideas and, you know, um, patents and, uh, you know, programs that have really changed the world for many people, right? So think about if you were being described that way. Now, all of a sudden, your mind is like, yeah, I, I did do all these great things. And that kind of lends itself to being baked in, coming out you know, being part of the conversation in a way that if you just said has 27 patents and was a professor at such and such school for 15 years, blah, 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 blah. It's almost like they might even tune that stuff out or or they're not really, even if they're tuning it in, it might not be the thing that you want them to tune into uh, because you want them to focus more on what's going to serve the audience well during the interview. And the final thing, um, is how you set up your questions matter, right? Often we just read the question uh, verbatim, um, but there's a way you can set up the questions uh, to sort of guide or pull out the things uh, that you really uh, think would be valuable to your audience. So for instance, um, you know, you could be asking a question about um, how some person, you know, uh, you know, manages people or something, or comes up with, you know, um, new ideas, right? So you could say, you know, you could say, well, how do you come up with your best ideas, right? It's a very straightforward question. Or you could say, you know, you have such great experience and, and innovation, and everyone I've talked to has said, you know, you think very differently uh, than other people. So I'm really curious, how do you come up with your best ideas, right? So you see how that little bit of extra framing and setup can impact the way they're going to go into the question, start to think about it, and start to answer it, and hopefully uh, with content that will be along the lines of what's going to serve the interview, meaning the audience that the interview is for, uh, better than if you didn't give them any guidance and just said, so how do you come up with your best ideas? So what I would love for you to do next is just try this one little exercise that's along the lines of what we've talked about here. Um, the next person you meet, um, sort of uh, set the tone for the conversation by kind of taking a quick gauge of how they seem, right? Do they seem happy? Do they seem sad? Do they seem energetic? And sort of characterize them at some point, you know, as long as it's appropriate and say, hey, you know, hey, Josh, you seem a little bit down today or you seem especially um, energetic today and tell them that and see what happens and see how that actually guides what's going to happen next in the conversation, whether they agree or disagree. It's going to be a question. I mean, it's going to be more of a conversation about how they feel and segue into maybe why they feel that way. So you have a lot of influence as an interviewer over setting the tone 
and how things are going to go by the way you handle the conversation. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor, and thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Do you look forward to attending another ho-hum lecture masquerading as a workshop? Ever notice how by the end, a lot of people have tuned out and no one has any questions for the instructor? If you could attend a workshop that prioritizes your engagement so you get the most out of the time spent, would you look forward to it? If you truly want to invest in your leadership learning this year, join us for our monthly Connection Counselor Workshop, where your participation is the key. Every month, we dive into another difficult leadership challenge and explore it together. Register for our next workshop now and watch recordings of previous ones at connectioncounselor.com forward slash workshop. Thank you. Welcome to Executive Presence Morsels, episode 230. So we're wrapping up interview or interviewer week. I guess it's interviewer. (laughs) Um, In any case... Uh, you know, you're the interviewer, you're giving interviews, and we're talking about um, how to do that in a more impactful way to really serve your audience. And today we're going to talk about the fact that you and the person you're interviewing, you're partners, but you're not twins. And um, I've alluded to this a little bit on former episodes, but I really wanted to drive this point home um, in the final interviewer. So, uh, inter- uh, in the final episode today on being an interviewer. So what would you say the number one sin of an interviewer is? Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you again. Join us next time for another tasty Executive Presence morsel. So.